an escaped mental patient, a new teacher, and college kids who wear the same clothing all year long. Mix it together and you get Splatter University. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what that means. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst horror movies. Movies so bad they're scary. We watch them so you don't have to. This is week three of our Back to School Month special. Uh, I'm your host, Marshall Hampton. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Aaron Southworth. Aaron, how are you doing on this fine day? I feel like being recommitted to a mental institution after watching this movie because you have to be crazy to watch it. Yeah, uh... (laughs) Like I said, we are uh, taking a little trip to college. So we last few ones were high school. This way, we're going up to. Uh, we graduated. Graduate. Uh, we're going for to get a higher degree in terror as we watched Splatter University, where the school colors are blood red, and not only classes are being cut. Oh! <laughs> How long did it take you to write that one out? Uh, I won't lie. I actually got that off of the trailer. And some ah, of the, okay, <laughs> those okay. are some of the taglines for well, the movie. Well, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> uh, this movie was released in 1984. It was written by Michael Cunningham, Richard W. Hines, or Haynes, I think, and John Elias Michaelis. And it's directed by Richard W. Haynes as well. So, like, this movie actually has a surprisingly short runtime. I think it was like. I don't have the exact numbers, but it's pretty short because it comes back later where a lot of stuff where uh, I found out later that they had to go back and reshoot a lot of extra footage <laughs> because it was just too short by the time they got completely done with it. Yeah, basically what I saw that it was only like 65 minutes. Yeah, it was like barely 70, and they had to go back and get like a bunch of filler shots later. Felt like a year. <laughs> uh, as far as the cast goes, there is pretty much nobody in this that you've ever heard. Uh, the acting is pretty much Awful. The it's, only oof. the only character that does a passable job is uh, Forbes Riley, who plays Julie Parker, the main character. Now Forbes is the only person from this character from this cast who some people might know and has actually gone on to do other things in their career. Nothing I know. She had like thirty three total credits, but mostly stuff I've never heard of. Um, so we're gonna jump right in. Uh, the movie starts. Uh, at a mental institution, a insane asylum, where we see someone wearing a blue shoe on one foot and barefoot on the other. He's walking walking down the hallway. They drop a knife, pick it up, and they just keep on walking. That's your opening scene. Uh, and then it cuts to, like, and for some reason, it puts up, like, subtitles or, like, you know, stuff on the screen. But they put it in this white font, this white text. It's, make it, it's really really hard to read so it's white background with white font on top of it it's basically so it's really, it's really difficult hard to, read. to read but it says something like it uh, says yeah uh somewhere mental institution yeah it, you don't even get the i don't think you even get the name of uh the asylum, but it says two forty three p.m mm-hmm. william graham a paranoid schizophrenic is discovered missing right now none of that needs <clears throat> to be put on in text because the first dialogue of the movie is like an orderly and a nurse saying hey this guy's missing. <laughs> where's Where's William Graham? Yeah, yeah. Where's, where is he? We've lost a patient. We need to find him. Yeah. Um, so there's no reason for the hard to read text in the first place. And the nurse she tells the orderly to check the bathrooms as well as she goes and questions some of the other patients. Um, nothing really happens. The the best you get the first kill coming up where the one of the orderlies he opens up like basically a janitorial closet. 
He finds the guy and he's like, hey, what are you doing in here? And he gets stabbed in the dick. <laughs> First thing in the movie happens is the guy gets stabbed in the dick. Right off the bat, stabbed right in the balls. Yeah. Boom. And it's it's like, what, maybe two minutes yeah, in? Not even two minutes? Barely two minutes and in. And I'm like, all right. And there's he's wearing the white pants. Yeah, the, the white, white Everything he's wearing is white. So it's just blood red, stark red. He's screaming. I, I got to say, this actor does a fantastic job because... For being stabbed, he like the look on his face. He sells it. He sells it oh, so well. Man. It's like, yep, that's probably what I would be like if I got stabbed. In the he day. sells it like it's going out of style. Um. So, <laughs> so now the killer, obviously William Graham Graham, uh, he switches clothes with the the dead orderly, who is now uh, we see is also has throat slashed, and he basically leaves them in the janitor's the closet. closet. And walks away. And now keep in mind this whole time, we've never seen the killer's face. We've seen his feet. We've seen his hand. and But that's it. And if you're wondering, how did this guy get away with white pants being, you know, with red blood all over him? He yeah. does. He's got blood all over his pa- crotch of his pants. Yeah, he takes And he puts on a lab coat and just tries to cover it up. Yep. And that's how he does. He, co- he takes the, lower, the low-hanging lab coat, covers up the bloody crotch, and just <laughs> walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so now you get the opening credits. And we jump ahead three years. Yeah, and even, even white background again. And white so background. It's, 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 it's three, years, three later. years later. And we jump to St. Uh, Trini- Trinidad's College. Trinidad's, I don't know. It uh, doesn't really matter. And you see this teacher sitting alone in the classroom, and she's grading papers, and there's a knock on the door. She gets up to answer it. And as soon as she answers the door, she gets stabbed in the chest by someone with a knife. So, yeah, we're talking, we're not even five minutes in the movie, and we've had stabbed in a dick. And then a lady stabbed right in the left titty. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah it's right in the boob. Right in the boob. Mm-hmm. And she's, ah! It, First thing she does, she just clutches her breast and is, ah! Yeah, it's like she kind of is over the top death scene a little bit because she starts like flailing her backwards like she's falling through space or something. Crashing through Cra- desks and into stuff. A, into the uh, chalkboard. And then, yeah, she clutches, she dies clutching her left boob. And now, again, we jump ahead again in time. To the next semester. So I guess we're assuming that was fall semester, and now we're in spring. Or so this is this has been, there's a three-year gap. Three-year gap between. And then yeah. there's like a, let's say a six-month gap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're jumping, yeah, this thing jumps a lot. Um, and now it seems like, uh, and it says, it says in text, it says, next semester, yesterday. <laughs> Which is really weird. Like, if you're going to jump Why'd you ahead, do it today? Like, yeah, why not just next semester? Why, why, why instead of one day <laughs> Next in semester, the past? tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I thought that was really a weird choice to make I didn't there. notice that. I didn't notice that. Yeah. So now Julie Parker pulls up in her car. This is the main character of the movie. Um, and we learn that she... She pulls up in her aircraft carrier. These are, like, 19... It's filmed in, like, 81 or whatever, and it's... These cars are Oh, they're boats. huge. Yeah, oh, they're my giant. God. Uh, <laughs> a nice little blast of the past for you. Yeah. So she... As she's walking around, you know, uh, we start meeting some of the college kids that we see throughout the movie, and she's asking, like, wait, where's Father Jansen's office? You know, so it, it's your basic intro crap. Um, the one thing of note during this... Um, when Julie finally does meet Father Jansen, they're having a kind of like interview is uh, that Father Jansen is in a wheelchair. Uh, so that, that becomes a big deal throughout the movie. And Julie gets, she's being hired to replace the teacher we just saw murdered in a few seconds ago. So that's basically your premise for the whole movie. Uh, the next solo scenes are pretty boring. It's, and this I guess, is all just filler of Julie moving into her new, back into her apartment, unpacking, Nothing happens. Meeting Miss Bloom. Yeah, the landlady knocks on the door several times. And Julie keeps asking, who's there? Who is it? Who's there? And she finally opens the door, and the landlady says, oh, I guess you didn't hear me knocking. No, you idiot. <laughs> you didn't you hear bad, her asking. You didn't hear awful writing. No, you didn't hear her asking, who is it? Because uh, why else the hell would Julie have opened the door in the first place saying, who is it, if she didn't hear somebody knocking? So... Bad on you. Bad. Uh, back to the group of kids. We meet this character named Wolf. It's his nickname, but he's probably the most annoying character in the movie to me because he's just howling all the time. 
this first scene you meet me, he howls like three to five times, really obnoxiously, really loud. Oh, like pelvic thrusting. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna he howls at girls. everybody that walks Ooh. by. It's like his thing. And, <clears throat> and get, it's like they've never had a beer before. They're like, drink beer! Oh, beer! Yeah. Beer! And they're just like chugging beers. They're not taking enough time to take it out of, off, like, you know, a ring, a six-pack six ring. You know, the rings, the cans. They're yeah. not taking all of them off. They're just opening them and drinking with them still on. And, like, yeah, they just can't it, get it's up. Bad. It's the middle of the day. They're just <laughs> fucking animals, I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> like, I understand a depiction of, like, the rebellious youth and the wild kid. But these, it's like, they're just above, like, animals, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, they, they really are. They're they're. I can see them kids. being locked in a zoo. Just give them beer and they'd be happy. You yeah, know? they're really bad kids. Um, so, but you do get this like just this after school special moment. <laughs> I wrote the same thing because this one girl, her name's Kathy, who's actually played by somebody named Kathy. Uh, but she goes to the backseat of this giant boat car. And this other girl gets in with her, and she's like, what's going on? And, and it's the worst fucking acting. Yeah. It's oh, really my bad. God. And Kathy's like, have you ever missed your period? Have you ever been late? I haven't had my period in over a month. Yeah. Well, and she goes into this why thing. are you worried? I don't know. I think I might be pregnant. Well, you can't worry about it right now. Maybe give it a few days. Okay, thanks for the talk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. And I think I did a better job. You, I think you might yeah. have. You might have really done that. Yeah, and that's basically the scene in the car. Um, so, But I did notice during this scene, if you notice carefully, um, you can see on the window of the car the reflection of the cameraman's hand, the top of his head, and the camera in the window <laughs> during the whole notice. scene being filmed. I didn't notice. Um, now, I'm going to skip ahead a few scenes because, like I said, nothing happens. There's a lot, a lot of, this of so Yeah, this was something that was kind of disappointing. Uh, you know, right off the bat in the movie, there's like, boom, kill, boom, kill. And I'm like, okay, now I see a trend building in this movie. We're gotten, we're, it's gonna be, we're going to see a high body count. And then it's just... Yeah. And well, like I said, because just we, this long drag. A lot of these scenes, they had to go in and fill. So you get filler scenes of business, nothing. Just the college kids just talking or, or screaming, being ridiculous. Um, so, like I said, we're skipping ahead. And it's not even good, like teenage banter or something. Because every once in a while, you can find these old 80s horror movies where it's kind of funny and, you know, just. Yeah. It's, it's not even good. No, it's not. The writing is awful. Uh, so we're skipping ahead to Julie's first class. She's in her, she's in the classroom. She's having her very first, uh, class and she's a sociology teacher. She's teaching intro to sociology and the kids in this classroom for college kids, they show her zero respect. I mean, you get that, you see that a lot in high school movies where, you know, uh-huh, we're going to make fun of the teacher, especially if it's a substitute. We're going to, you know, but this is college. They're, by the time most kids, I've never sat in a college class and watched kids blatantly disrespect a college instructor by that level of your time you're more mature you're you're paying to be there you're not forced to be there uh but anyway so they show her no respect um father perkins comes in to observe her first class now father perkins is actually played by richard haynes the director uh because the actor hired to play him decided not to show up (laughs) (laughs) i think he did the best job acting too yeah uh, so anyway, Julie wants, she's trying to get the students involved. She's like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? What, what's some in, issues that are important to you that we can relate to this assigned reading, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she asks this one kid who we- is wearing a green sweater and a beard. Who he, wears it through the entire, yeah. he, like. No, every time you see him, almost every always. single kid wears the exact same clothes yeah. throughout the entire school year. Um, <laughs> it's like they're cartoons, like, you know. Like Chris Griffin or Stewie, they always have to wear the same clothes. Uh, so anyway, he actually he's like, "Hey, what about you?" And he's like, "Uh, uh." So he looks at this newspaper on the desk next to him, and he's reading. He just scans it for an article, and he's like, "Oh, uh, what about the bill that's trying to make abortion illegal again?" And that sends like shivers throughout the class because every, you get like shot to shot of people like, "Oh my god, oh, oh my god, did he just say abortion?" Oh mo, I can't well, believe. Well, it, it is that. a Catholic university. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a Catholic, but still, it's just I thought it was funny because they reacted so like dramatically to him like bringing that up. Um, so after the class, the students are leaving. They're saying, "Oh, she sucks. It's how bad she is," 
And uh, Father Perkins is like, hey, you need to go to Father Jansen's office right after class or after school. And he's like, Casey Julie's getting a stern talking to you for bringing up abortion in class. Even though she didn't do it. Yeah. Um, and Jansen's asking her about any troublesome students, and it's just more nothing. It's just kind of blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, skipping forward again. Uh, no, he he did. He was he was very specific. He's like, if there's any disciplinary problems, I need you to let me know. I really want to know if there's any disciplinary problems. He's like, no, I don't think it's really not that bad. He's like, okay, well, please bring it to my attention if you do. Yeah, he's coming off. He's like, he comes off as you know he's trying to be like a legit boss. We're like, okay, looking out for the new teacher mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, so we're skipping ahead, and now we meet Tony, who's one of the students. So we met earlier in a, in one of the hall like stairwell. Scenes. They spend a lot of time in the stairwell talking. All he was smoke pot in the stairwell. Yeah. So. Um, and this is not like in the dorm. It's like in the school. They're sitting there on smoking pot. Right. 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 Like they couldn't do this in their dorm. Yeah. It's like I gotta get high right now. No. <laughs> so Tony's making out with this redheaded girl who I think her name is Denise. I'm not sure, but I think that's her name. And she's worried that Tony's girlfriend is gonna walk in, and he's like, "Oh no, she's in class. She's not coming." And She's like, hey, do you have a thing? And she's like, yeah, I have a thing. I'm a guy, aren't I? He's like, no, a thing. He's like, oh, a condom, you mean? And Tony's like, yeah, I'm already wearing it. I've been put it on an hour ago. And that's just fucking weird. Well, that <laughs> just shows the ignorance of the 80s and not knowing how prophylactics properly worked. Maybe <laughs> that's why there was such a huge population and spread of AIDS during the 80s. <laughs> like, like, who does that? Like, yeah, how's, like, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty hilarious. So is he walking around with an erection for like an hour before this, <laughs> anticipating this? Just <laughs> Well, basically, by the way, they kind of depict these kids, probably. Pro- you're, you're, you that's know? a good point, actually. All they want to do is have sex and, and smoke, party. Yeah, and and smoke, like, drink yeah. beer, smoke weed didn't have sex like i said your typical college kid is how they're always portrayed um so anyway tony's girlfriend of course she does walk in and she's like oh no we're just doing homework now we get to the, like the first false scare of the movie because you see a, the guy in a pantyhose mask um Jump boy up. knife he leaps like into the window and he comes up the fire escape you see a pov a little bit he lo- leaps into view in the window and he's like ah and he goes <laughs> You, it goes from each the two girls each and individual Tony, like close up of them like, screaming kind of, ah, 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 and, ah. Then, <laughs> and then the guy rips off the panel mask and he's basically like what's up bitches let's party yeah. <laughs> and he crawls into the window over the girls and Tony on the couch he just starts laying them and he gets fouled by like three or four more guys as they all pile and they're all just the opening beers yeah. and like wow just going yeah. crazy and you get a short scene of Julian outside mm-hmm. of the hallway it's meaningless um now the kids that we just seen, they're at some kind of diner slash bar. And they're sitting around talking and drinking. They're partying. While the worst dancers I have ever seen are in the background dancing behind them. This one guy who's like, I think in like a gray sleeveless shirt or something like that. He pulls all the attention from the kids talking to him in the background because he's his crazy wild dancing. It was just him. His arms, he looks like he's having a seizure. Yeah, he's, he's kind of like jumping up and down and wiggling his arms. And yeah. It, got a horrible like, mustache. You can't not, not watch this. Guy. Right. So I have no idea what they talked about. And then, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Uh, there's one thing where you learn, like, one of the guys who's always in a red shirt, no matter what, he's always in a red shirt. He apparently somehow got copies of a midterm, and he's, like, copying all the test questions out. He's basically making copies of the midterm to sell to other students. Um, so anyway, Tony's girlfriend, she leaves and she goes off by herself and the guy's like, Hey, Tony, you better go after her. But it's like, no, I want to finish my beer first. And he takes a glass, but it looks like water. It's the clearest beer I had ever seen in my life. Yes, it's light. <laughs> and so Tony, Tony's girlfriend, she gets to her car and of course it won't start. Yeah. She's trying to start her aircraft carrier and it's not starting. <laughs> And this hand reaches in. Oh, there's, you, there's a hand reaches in, pulls her. You know, like yeah. oh, it's the murderer. Yeah, we pulls her out girl. and starts to kind of mess with her, and then takes the knife and cuts her across the forehead. Yeah, that's uh, the death scene, and that's it. That might be next to. I guess I take it back. Next to the one girl in Slaughter High who got pushed in a muddy pit for some reason, and you just never see her again. This may be the worst on-screen death I have ever seen. Yeah. It's like 
I don't think it's even physically possible to die from being cut across the forehead with no. a knife. I mean, fucking wrestlers have been doing this since the <laughs> 60s, since, for, since the dawn of wrestling, at, you know, the blading to make their foreheads bleed. So I don't know how this is. The, it just blows my mind that this this is what so they came it, up with. Sli- it was a slice all the way across the forehead. Yeah, it's, it's, it's and there's it was it was like minimal blood. Yeah. Basically. Now, granted, this will bleed. Yeah. It'll give you a crimson mask. It will bleed and bleed and bleed, but not nearly enough no. to cause a uh, death from. Well, the wrestlers like they said they make like they bleed with like they use like a finely you know a razor blade to cut, and then they then they like. Make, rub their foreheads to get the blood really going. This guy just drags a knife across her. There's barely any blood, and she's dead. Yeah, she's dead. She's dead. It's the worst kill I've ever seen on camera. And Like, even even uh, High School Massacre made sense, at least, like, she can't climb out. You yeah, know, oh, yeah. or at least she she probably has less chance of climbing out. So maybe she'll eventually die. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, you see the driver drive off, the killer drive off in this girl's car as the group of kids are leaving the bar. They're walking through the parking lot. They toss all their beer cans into this open dumpster. And, of course, as they're tossing, it cuts the dumpster. And that's where the girl's body has been dumped. So all these beer cans are laying on top. And there's of no her. other stabs or no, like, wounds on her body. On her it's forehead. just the cut on the forehead. So there, there's no other indication that she's had any trauma no. other than that. Like, no broken neck, nothing like that. No other stab wounds, nothing. And this film so far, like, the stabs have been pretty legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, gory, bloody stabs that... Makes sense. Like, yeah, the girl who got stabbed in the left part of her chest, like in the left boob, that's where the heart is. You know, yeah. that makes sense. The guy got stabbed in the dick, and then he got his throat slit. Ugh, throat slit. And then she just gets her uh, forehead hot. cut. Yeah, it's it's, re- <laughs> it, it's just awful. That's all I'm going to leave with that. Uh, so we're back in Julie's classroom, and she meets up with Mark, who comes looking for her. And Mark is this guy who you briefly see at, in, in this cafeteria scene you know, having issues with the coffee vending machine. Julie smiles at him. And that's He's like, <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't get a cup for my coffee. Yeah. And she's like, ah. and so they go out to dinner. Nothing happens. She returns <laughs> to her apartment and the landlady, Miss Bloom gives her piece of her, just pile of mail. Um, one is this large envelope and it's from the school. And she goes up to, you know, she's in her bed reading, and basically, it's just all these religious books and pamphlets. It's like religious propaganda. Yeah. Like it's Catholic, Catholic propaganda. Yeah, from, you know, working at Catholic. And she's like, yeah, whatever. She tosses it aside and goes to bed. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> now, a whole lot of nothing happening in this yeah. movie. So, again, we jump ahead another three weeks now. Oh, yeah, it says three weeks later. Yeah, jump ahead three weeks. And so we've gone three years, a semester, back one day, now ahead three weeks. Um, so the, the kids are now... It's like midterm review day or something like that. And the kids tricked Julie into thinking that the midterm paper topics that were due today aren't due till the end of the month. And at this point, I'm just like, she's just a bad teacher. Yeah. If yeah. you fall for that, you're just a bad teacher. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you're not even asking for the midterm papers themselves. They're just asking, like, what's your topic? <laughs> like, what are you going to think about? She learning? is a shitty teacher. I think she, yeah, she's new. She tries, but yeah, she, at this point, she's a bad teacher. Now, in a short scene of Julie and her teacher friend, who I think her name is Susan or something. Ju- uh, oh, shit. I think it's Susan, but I'll cor- if it's wrong, I'll correct it later. Um, and they're talking on the bench. You know, they talk about the previous teacher's murder. They talk about Mark. It's just filler. So they're kind of putting together that Mark maybe is just a suspect. A suspect. So a person of interest. Yeah, Mark Mark is a person of interest for the original murder of, of, the, the, teacher. of, the, of the teacher. Yeah. Um. Now, Kathy, who's the knocked-up girl, uh, she tells Julie about about her pregnancy. And it turns into another after-school special. Yeah. And but they talk for a while. I have to go to the doctor. Oh, are you not feeling well? Okay, will you be here tomorrow? I don't know. Oh, yeah, okay. That's the scene before. This I is hope you they... feel better. And then later she's like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. And, you and, and they kind of go they, off. They have and... like a walk. Like they're walking around the school campus talking. Right. It looks it looks like a tampon commercial or you something. Got... You know? <laughs> it kind of like, does. You're you right. You know, like the teacher and the student sharing their feelings <laughs> and, you know, talking about she's pregnant and wants to have the abortion. But and she's she like, well, oh, I know to... there's, there's a place you can go. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, the YMCA? Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know a place you can go. Well, if money was an illness. She also said, if money's an issue, I know a place you can go. And I'm yeah, thinking like, back alley back abortion. Back alley? <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a wire coat hanger in my closet. I got a guy. He's not very sterile, but it, you won't be pregnant. You might get an infection, but. <laughs> um, anyway, during the end of the scene, you see Father Jansen. He's spying on him through from behind the curtains of some window. Um, as he's as he's just watching the girls walk and talk, uh, Kathy's ma- back in her dorm. She makes a date to go out to the drive-in, and which is cool. I mean, the drive-ins were so big at that time, and they're still kind of cool. I like drive-ins. Next topic doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Julie, who is now at Mark's place, is they're getting ready to go on their movie date. And after the movie, Mark says something like, "Hey, I like to continue this, but there's something I gotta take care of instead." Of continuing on the date, so I, yeah, I, I gotta this, go. This I found kind of interesting. It's like they start. It's like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Yeah, sure. It's like, have a drink. Okay, have a drink, and they're kind of getting loose. And then it's a hard cut to them leaving the movie theater. Yeah, and it's like, and she goes, "Can we go back to your apartment?" And I'm thinking, yeah, you dirty little bird, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, Mark's gonna get some, and he goes, nope. "Nope, there's something I gotta take care of. I gotta something I gotta do." And she and she seems kind of pissed. She's like, "Ah," and he's like, "What about tomorrow?" She's like, "I'm busy tomorrow." <laughs> he's like, "What about next weekend?" She's like, "I don't know. We'll see." And then he's like, "Bye." Uh, but so basically, now this you know, Mark suddenly cutting the date off, and we just heard that the girl is going to drive, and now he's like, "Oh, there's something I gotta take care of." So again, they're setting up Mark as the possible killer. Um, at the drive-in, um, Kathy and her date pull up in the car, and I don't know the guy's name because it's really meaningless. It doesn't matter. Uh, but was, he's like, yeah. he's like nine dollars. I don't want to buy the movie. I just want to see it. And he's like, Kathy. He asked the girl, "Do you have any money?" The, so basically, the Kathy pays for it, and the, but the guy keeps the change yeah. when he gets it back. I'm like, what a dick! He like pays with a twenty and takes the rest of the change he and puts it in his it. pocket. He pockets it. Yeah. <laughs> This guy's an ass. And the like, the <laughs> lady taking the money, the lady, like, it was so funny. She had a hat that said, buy the ticket or shove it. <laughs> That's what her hat said. I was trying to figure out what that hat said. I was, I was trying to read that, but I couldn't make out the full thing. Yeah, because this movie is quality is shit. <laughs> the film is so grainy and poor. And at this point, it gets really focus. bad because it's really dark at the driving oh, scene, so it's, yeah. it's hard to see. Um. So, <clears throat> at, so yeah, the driving scene... At, Typical drive-in, you know, making out in the back seat, doing all this stuff. Um, and she's like, he's trying to make out Kathy or, you know, go to pound town on her. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. And he shuts him down. And after some big back and forth, he's like, what, are you knocked up or something? And at that point, she's like, well, you know, they get share a look. She's like, yeah. And for some reason, this, like, turns him on. Because, like, he's like, Yeah. He gets excited. He like pounces on top of her, like, and starts like undoing his clothes and hers, and like they're gonna go at it again. And now, at that point, somebody shines a flashlight through the rear window of the mm-hmm. car, and the guy's like, "Who the fuck's that?" And he's like, "You know, who's you know?" He's like, "Who's fucking with us?" I'm gonna kick his ass. Yeah. And goes out. To so go he gets out of the car. Goes out to kick some ass. But as soon as he's like, he gets out of the car. So can imagine. Remember, we're in a drive, so there should be bunches of other cars. Probably like gravel, big gravel lot, big screen. But for some reason, he ends up in the woods. Right. There's there's no walk to the woods. There's no walking around looking through cars. It's just one car, and then he's in the woods. That's it. <laughs> um. So uh, at this point, Kathy now, she's like, what the hell? I'm going to go out and look for, my, look for this guy, too. Um, <clears throat> oh, this way, I, I learned his name's Tom. Because she starts calling, I was like, "Tom, Tom, where are you?" So his name's Tom. Doesn't matter. Um, and now again, of course, she is now in the woods for some reason. So both these guys are in the woods that came out of nowhere. She gets grabbed from behind, and her throat gets slashed. So third kill, fourth kill. Yeah, <clears throat> and you see her body get dragged off into the woods. Tom gets back to the car, but now Kathy's body is sitting in the front seat. She's shotgun. She's sitting shotgun. Tom not realizing that she's dead. He gets in the back. He gets in the back. So he's like, "Hey, what? You're not, you know, you're not gonna talk to me. You're now? not gonna fucking well, talk to well, me. Fine, mm. I'll, I'll watch a movie from back here by myself. You and your then. moods, Ugh, yeah. women. <laughs> so he sits in the back seat and watches the movie. Um, now we cut to Julie, who's sleeping in her bed. She gets woken up by the telephone ringing, and it's her friend Susan. <laughs> I was right. It was Susan. Okay. Uh, it tells her that the student Kathy was just killed at the drive-in. Um, now I, I do want. Let's go back to Ryan for one sec. Um, 
I know that we went from driving to woods, and now back into driving. But and we see Kathy's body get dragged off. But I still gotta say, how the fuck does the killer drag it through the drive-in and get it into the car without being seen? Right. Because there are other cars you at one, you know, at the ticket where you see people pulling up. Yeah. And it, there's even one point, hey, you see another couple making out, and, and like when you hear Kathy screams, like, oh, I heard somebody scream. And girl's like, well, it is a horror it's the movie. movie. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. So there's other cars there. Somebody would have seen a somebody dragging a body through the drive-in theater. Marshall, people space. don't go to watch the movies there. They go there to bang. Yeah, like you said, course. they go to Pound Town. So <laughs> they're not paying attention to anything except for private parts. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and of course, and then Susan tells Julie that Mark hasn't been home for hours that they, cause they've been trying to reach him too. But so again, it's kind of, Oh, well, Mark's the killer. He's not home. He left early. He left a date. They're really trying to set up Mark as the killer in this movie. Um, we're skipping ahead again, because again, not much happens. In this. And the redheaded girl, Denise is with one of the priests. His name is father Williams, I believe. And she's telling him a sex story about her and Tony having sex. Now, this whole time, the father is, like, oogling her and checking her out and, like, twitting, like, doing, like, over-the-top reactions. It's like, oh, my gosh. so over-the-top. It's the really top. awkward-looking and like, weird. Like, you, you can tell, like, you know, if, if it's little subtle things, like, kind of crunching a book a little bit or, like, crumpling some papers while she's saying, and then he touched my breasts and this and he, but he's just like, oh, yeah. he just, like, I mean, can't he contain might himself. Be, like, doing, like, the whole, like, pull his collar just sound like, that would be more subtle. Ooh. That would be more subtle. But, but he's just, like, yeah. spazzing out. Like, yeah. he's about to explode because he's just so uncomfortably sexually with this. Yeah, and, but he tells her to come back to his office at 8, eight o'clock tonight, and she says, well, Will that make me feel better? So I'm like, so are they saying the fact that she's gonna bang the priest? That's that's what I got. That's kind of what I got too. But that's really it. Weird. They never come back. Yeah, to they it. never come back yeah. to it. That's the whole scene. So there's a really short scene of three guys talking, and one of them mentions that his girlfriend won't go back to the drive-in with him anymore because the person was killed there. And this is the group we did see. I just mentioned like they were the ones that were making out when he's like, "Hey, I heard a scream." It's this couple. Uh, and one of the other guys say, hey, um, are you going to have to find a new drive-in to go to? And uh, the other guy responds, no, I'm going to have to find a new girlfriend. I like the movies they play there. And I don't know why. I just thought that was funny. One, oh, that was one of the best lines of the movie. That's another, like the only good line of the whole movie. Another like, oh, one, another one that I like. I like the another movie. one that I like. It's like, hey, man, did you hear? I don't remember your fucking name. Whatever. Kathy or whatever. Yeah. Hey, man, did you hear Kathy got killed at the drive-in? Oh, really? What movie was playing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that. I was like, <laughs> it was probably the same guy. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, it's me to see, but I thought that was one of the best. It's probably the best line in the whole movie. And so moving ahead, Julie is, gives Susan a ride home since now Susan's car won't start. And of course, they end up talking about Mark and the original teacher that was murdered. And Susan tells Julie that some people think Mark had something to do with it because Mark and the murder teacher were dating. And then the relationship suddenly broke off. And she's like, Julie, you just need to be careful, blah, blah, blah. Um, back in Julie's classroom, uh, that this is where I first noticed that most of the students are wearing the same clothes every day. Yeah. Because the green this guy like, with the beard is wearing the same green sweater. It's like the third or fourth scene that we've had of like, this is de- different days, weeks yeah. later. The yeah. cheating mm-hmm. guy who is in the driving, who just wearing had the, the red. Line, he's wearing yeah. the same red shirt. Uh, Wolf wears like a same blue sleeve shirt with a bandana sticking out of his jeans the, the entire movie. Um, so uh, it's just, yeah, it's like there's no, I don't know, it's just ridiculous that these students are wearing the same clothes for the entire school year. Like, I can respect continuity, but change the shirts. Yeah. <laughs> At least for different days. Yeah, exactly. So after the class, the bearded guy in the green sweater drops a bunch of papers in the hallway. But as he's scrambling to pick him up, I do notice one gets left behind. And I wrote down, I'm guessing this will come back later. Cause like, but I was totally wrong. There's, it's, he le- like, it looks like he's like, oh, that paper got left behind. What's going to happen? They blatantly had this no, scene. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, same thing. They had this scene where he drops his books and people are walking by. And he's like, oh, he's trying to pick up all his papers and stuff. And there's one that's left behind. And it's pretty apparent that it's pretty easy to see. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, one's okay, that's intentional. Something's going to come back. No, Not, no, no. Point. Again, this had to be one of those filler. We, you know, retake, you know, reshoots type of thing. So 
Susan and Julie are in their car and they're racing over to Mark's place to snoop around for clues and anything that might link him to the teacher's murder. Susan stays in the car while Julie goes in. Um, she uses a key that somehow she must have gotten from Mark uh, to get into his apartment. And right as she's about to enter, she gets approached from some guy who's like, hey, can I take a picture of you? She's like, no. Yeah. For me. <laughs> Again, this creepy dude. I'm thinking there's going to be something coming back to it. Yeah. He's nope. like, hi. Oh, you're here to see Mark. Yeah. Oh, know. he's not here right now. Oh, I'm here to surprise him. And okay. Well, can I get a picture of you? I'm taking a photography yeah, class. Photography I'm class. taking pictures of people in their natural environment. She's like, no, no, no. Don't take a picture of me. And he's like, well, that was weird. Yeah. And you away. think that like. That would come up later or something like he'd run into Mark and say, hey, you're, you're some yeah, of your friends. Right she was acting real weird, you know. No. No, no call back. No, it doesn't matter. So Ugh. back at the school, Mark um, asks if Father Jansen, if he's seen Julie, and he says no. And Mark's like, well, I'm supposed to I'm going to go home for lunch then, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's stupid. Um, Mark's apartment, Julie finds the most obviously fake newspapers I've ever seen. <laughs> the newspapers about as wide as a kitchen table, yeah, by the way. Yeah, they're huge. They're gigantic. And it's just like giant black letters that say, like, it might as well be like the spinning, like, you know, you always say like, extra, extra, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Uh, but, so they all, all the headlines. Uh, slasher say, strikes again. Yeah, about the murder. Mm-hmm. They call him the slasher. Uh, Susan, I guess, just drives off in the car. Right oh, so before because Mark, Mark was coming, she saw Mark, Mark driving up and was like, "Oh shit!" So she drove. Okay. She drove around the block. She was leaving. Mark pulls up, which Julie sees him pulling up through the window, and she manages to get out of the apartment before Mark enters. But she does not manage to put anything away. No, she leaves. So everything she leaves out. everything out. And Mark sees all the papers that Julie left out. And here comes Susan. She comes around the block, picks up Julie, but Mark sees her getting into the car from his window as they pull off. And Susan and Julie are talking about. Um, they they like, you know, they talk about they talk about Mark. It's the same old conversation we've had. He over might and over be the again. killer. We're not sure. Yeah, still. we found all this weird stuff, but we're not sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So back to the school, the students are complaining about a bad smell. Is like the next day. Yeah, because Susan and Julie they pull back to the school. Julie leaves Susan and in the car, and Susan like I don't know, she sits in the car for a minute. That's and then so they're like, oh, there's a smell coming from the room. And Julie's passing by, and she has, she's like, oh, I have keys to this. Which Why does she have keys to what is basically a janitor's guy? I don't know. Um, she unlocks the door and to a small room that has a, like a metal locker slash closet, standalone closet thing. And, she, and the doors swing open, and inside the body is the body of a girl covered in blood, and she's long dead. Now, at first, I thought this was the body of Tony's girlfriend, but I'm like, why would she be here? Because we last saw her in a dumpster, and she didn't have her throat slashed. She had her forehead cut. So I'm like, who the fuck is this? She's, like, disemboweled, too. Like, her stomach's cut open, and she's covered in no, blood. No, I don't she's think a... she's just, because everybody gets her neck throat. She, But, yeah, her neck is neck slit, throat, but, I mean, she's, 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 like, ripped it's open. It's bloody. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's yeah. bloody. There's a lot of blood. Um, So, upon closing, the girl had her, is, uh... Yeah, I don't know who this girl is at first. Like, I don't know who this body is. Um, so anyway, Julie and the kids scream. Julie runs off. She bumps into Mark in the hallway. And she's like, oh, my God, it's Mark. She runs away from Mark. She runs into a bathroom to hide from him, and you just get a blackout. So blackout. Some time passes, but we never really know how much time passes. It just does. And now Julie's sitting on a bunch of bleachers, out, outside bleachers, as Father Jansen wheels up in his wheelchair. And Julie's like, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm quitting. I don't feel safe here anymore. And Jansen brings up Mark and if he has something to do with her leaving. And Julie says, my best friend was killed. I'm like, oh, so that's who was in the fucking lock. It was Susan. I had the same problem. I couldn't, like, I don't know if that was the same person. Yeah. That didn't look anything like it. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to say they didn't look like it Because I'm sitting there like, who is that? Who is it? A random girl? Who is that? You know, because the friend is a little older. You know, yeah. she's she's not like old old, but she's, no, but she's not like twenty. She's probably she's not in her thirties or something. Kid. Yeah, yeah. So, like a lot of college instructors would be. And this person looked a lot, little younger. You know, I mean, yeah, and, and she had and different a fat, hair, kind of a fat face, different hairstyle. Like Tony's girlfriend who had a fat face, right? And I'm, I'm like, just like, what I the? really thought he was Tony's girlfriend again. God, I just, yeah. but anyway, so we find, we find out that Susan, Susan was killed and stuffed in the locker, and 
<clears throat> Father Jansen to try to convince her to stay, but okay, you know, just think about it overnight, and he wheels away. Yeah, this guy's dense as hell. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I'm leaving. I don't want to be here anymore. He's like, Why? What? What? <laughs> What's? Why could you possibly want to leave? It's, yeah. It's like, come on, you're fine. No, just, I'm and she's like, I don't your, feel safe your here. Your students goes, are getting murdered. Said, your best friends getting murdered. <laughs> it's like she's like, I don't feel safe. Here. Ah, you're safe. You're as safe as I would be. Yeah, I'm fine. Really? <laughs> Let's see. Stu- teachers are being murdered. Students are being murdered. Yeah. Oh. And you get a quick scene of some of the students. And the st- they're talking about how uh, one of the teachers has been sleeping with one of the priests for about a year. And again, I don't, you don't know who. I don't remember what teacher they're talking about. It might be the one that's about to get killed, who we never get her name. You don't even know what priest he's talking about either. So now we cut to one, another teacher who we've seen before, but you never really get her name. And she goes into the bathroom, and she's peeing. Yeah, they really make this pee sound so ridiculous. Yeah, and so while she's peeing, she's, like, writing graffiti on the stall on one of the walls. And the camera pans over, and we see someone in the stall next to her wearing black pants, black shoes. Now, this is typical of the killer. We never see the killer. We always see his legs. His legs you know? or So he's always wearing, like, black pants and black shoes. Yeah. Now, the mystery person gets out of the stall and stands in front of hers, and... When she opens it up, the killer, you see him pull out a knife, and he stabs her in the stomach, and we are treated to so much Much mouth blood. I mean, it's so much. It's like a pint of blood coming out of her. It's pretty awesome. It is amazing mouth blood. (laughs) Yeah. And and he he stabs her, and and then he just rips down. I mean, he really gutted her, and she's just... Yeah, and she falls back, dies between the toilet and the wall. Awful place to die. Uh, so Julie back at her place, she's packing up all of her stuff. She's loading up into her car. And they That's do like it. a montage. Yeah, it is a little montage. <laughs> she's going back and forth. She's loading up her trunk. At one point, she's trying to fit a suitcase in her trunk, and it won't fit. And she's like, <sighs> and she's I'm... shaking her head. It's like, oh, it won't fit. <laughs> so it's really bad. So now the redheaded girl, who like I said, I think her name's Denise. She's in her dorm, and she's getting dressed, like putting on like black spandex or like a leopard print crotch area and she's got like a I think a it's wife like, beater with a baseball jersey on or something. Yeah, it's like it's like she's wearing black tights and has like a leopard print thong like over it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if that was over or if that was like the pants. It's yeah, yeah it's weird looking. It's an odd it's an odd eighties fashion choice. Um and it looks like she's wearing Felix the Cat slippers too. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. At first I thought they were Batman. Like, oh, Batman. Then I saw like she's the big, big bulging eye. Like, big oh, puffy Felix, the, Felix cat. the Cat slippers. Right. Yeah. And she calls Tony and she's like, Tony, I want you to come over. And she's like, I told Father Williams uh, that I, you and I had sex. And she's like, it's like, why would you tell us? Anyway, and she's like, I want you to come, you know, and at Tony, and she tells Tony that Father Williams did something to her. So, yeah, we're guessing they banged. But saying he did something to her is weird because she was obviously in on it, like, in into it. It in makes it sound period. very suspect and yeah. wrong. Like, somebody's lying. Like she, anyway, so that's it. She's a manipulative hussy. Yeah, so she hears a noise coming from her closet. And, of course, she goes to check it out. When she opens the closet door, you see a hand holding a knife pop out from behind her clothes. She screams, and she gets stabbed in the mouth. You just scream. His knife go like, like perfectly. Na- her mouth's wide open. Ah. It's like right into like the back of her throat with a knife, and it's just like a. As soon as it goes in, it's cut away. Like, mm-hmm. It's really, really so fast. There's no blood, no anything. No, it's just stabbed in the throat, yep. stabbed in the back of the mouth, mid scream. Julie gets the back. Julie's back her place. She gets a call from Mark, and she immediately hangs up on him. She calls Father Jansen, and she's telling him, like, hey, I want to see you. I think I have some information about the killer. And at first, I'm like, why the fuck are you calling him first? If you have information about a murder, you call the police Call the first. police. But no, I'm going to call this old priest in a wheelchair to, about a possible murder. Who I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, I don't like, like this guy. It makes no fucking sense. Why? That's a, script writers, bad on you. Bad. <laughs> you call the cops. You don't call, like, the, the, the basically a dean of a school. First, um, so anyway, Father Jansen, they get a shot of him like he wheels up to a dumpster with like a purse, like a full on purse of porn mags, and he dumps him into the dumpster, and then he blesses, blesses the dumpster, the dumpster holding the porn, and he wheels away. Now, 
I get the oh, it's kind of, but I don't understand why he's getting rid of the porn in the first place. Well, they said they were closing the school for like police to like do some investigations. Did they say that? Yeah, there was on. I it, totally missed during that. the montage when she's packing up. They're doing that. They're they're playing the news radio clip. Okay. So during that time, they're like, oh, the school will be closed. There's been another murder. The school is going to close. You know, invest- I totally gonna- missed that. Yeah, part. so that's why. He, and, and he even said when she calls him, and says, "I need to talk to you." He goes, "Can this wait till tomorrow? I really don't want to be bothered with you coming by." And then she goes, "It can't wait. I got to do it now. Okay. I'm leaving I, in a couple I hours." Still, I still thought it was weird that you don't have to. You know, it, why from away? Like you don't want to keep your porn max. Keep your porn. Just take him to your house then. If you want, you shouldn't have him at school. But do your you priest. Keep, yeah, just take him home with you if you don't want to find a school. Why throw him away? But. Anyway, anyway, so Mark shows up at Julie's place to talk, and, she, and he's like, "Hey, you got this wrong. I think you, I, you think you know something, but you got it wrong." Let yeah. Me. So Mark comes over to Julie's, and he's being he's being kind of aggressive. Yeah, he's he being knocks like, on the door. By this time, and, he's like, "She thinks I'm a murderer." Like, so I can kind of understand, like, "Dude, you need a child." Like, let me explain. She this. did break into his house yeah. and stuff, and he saw her, so I can get where he's coming from. But, but basically, she packs. She picks up this crappy little. Pottery peas and smashes them over the knees head. Knees him in the balls, smashes him, him in the head. head. She runs out. She makes it to Father Jansen's office and tells him that she thinks Mark is the killer. Now, during this time, Jansen's like gripping a crucifix, almost kind of petting it, which is kind of weird. Uh, <clears throat> Mark calls somebody. He's like, I need to talk to Jansen. And somebody's like, Oh, he's not, he's at the school with Julie. So I don't know who he called. Like, why didn't he call his office first? But I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, Jansen tells Julie that she made a mistake and that she has fallen to the temptations of the flesh. And he says he once did that too. And like, I, but I was punished uh, by the loss of my legs. And it was not until after I, he repented that God gave him back the use of his legs and a new purpose. And with that, he stands up out of the wheelchair and pulls a knife out of the crucifix. So it's a fake crucifix with a knife. And he, and he goes to attack Julie. Uh, she knees him in the nuts. She's and, good at that. Yeah, she, that's her thing. That's her technique. She's got it down. It's like Ronda Rousey does arm bars. <laughs> she does nut Julie shots. does nut shots. Yep. <laughs> um, so she knees him in the nuts and she takes off. Now, this Mark pulls up at the school. Julie is being chased by Jansen through the hallways. And Mark is trying desperately to get into the... Yeah, but the, everything's locked Everything's locked up, except for locked? one, the east he, hallway. He finally finds a door eventually, yeah. Uh, she hides in the bathroom, and she finds the body of the teacher who was killed earlier. She screams, runs out. Yeah, this, this part's kind of interesting, because she knees him in the nuts, runs away, and she lost him. Yeah. You know, she, he can't find her. He's looking around. I can't find her. You know, she's trying to be quiet. She opens up that stall door. She sees feet. She sees feet and yeah, blood. She sees, yeah, exactly. And she's it's just like, hello, knees. hello. And so she knows someone's probably fucking dead. Yeah. Right? She's hiding from a killer, opens the door, and screams the loudest scream you could possibly scream. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And, and sure enough, gives away her position. Yeah. Even Mark outside the building hears the yeah. scream. Yeah. And, but he's at this point, he's still trying to find a way in. She, Julie man, she gets to some service elevator somewhere right? in the building, um, she, and she goes up, and the whole time we're seeing shots of Jansen hobbling slash shuffling down hallways. Like, at this point, he's barely even mobile. Yeah, yeah like that nut shot must have been pretty severe because yeah, he's, he's limping he's really a lot, a lot. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so the elevator door gets to whatever They, they show her going up at least three or four floors. Yeah, it's, it's up a bit. It's definitely mm-hmm. a way. And the door opens up. And as soon as the door opens, here comes Jansen interview. And again, I'm like, how does he get there so fast? No, we, we've seen, all you see him do is hobble. Yeah. And he, we can say it, we, he barely can lightly jog just a few scenes ago, just seconds ago. But he manages to zoom up several flights of stairs to the elevator. Exactly to the service elevator. Yeah. And even if he took another elevator... Like, it would be on the other side. It would be pretty far away from the service elevator because they don't put elevators right next to each other all the time. It's yeah. like, you know, this is one part of the but building. This is the other part of the building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes, again, it makes So no as sense. soon as the door opens, boom, he's there. Yep. And at this point, Mark finally finds a way inside. Uh, Jansen grabs Julie as, and he has her in like this like, one-handed, like, one-armed, rear-naked choke. He's got her, like, around the neck with his forearm, like, one arm. And then he stabs her in the back. 
and then rips the knife upward, just gashing her back up. Yeah, he really fucked her up. Yeah, Julie falls dead. Jansen stands over her and then, again, does a blessing. And then he runs off or hobbles off or whatever. Mark reaches the elevator at this point. Jansen gets back to his office. He gets back into his wheelchair. And then he... He calls the police. Yeah, he he calls the operator, which he could do in the 80s, just dial zero. I need the police. Give me the police. And while he says, just do it. Just give me the police. And while he's doing this, he's like licking his hands. He's like he's got he looks he's got blood on the phone blood yeah on his he's hands. cleaning up and, and then he, he starts he doesn't he cleans up by licking everything he's just well, he's just licking every uh, so weird looking yeah uh, he reassembles the crucifix knife and is hanging on the wall behind him so <clears throat> that that's that's important so he's licking all the blood <laughs> <laughs> Mark opens the elevator and he finds Julie's dead body uh, next we see Mark he walks into Jansen's office. And they're, they have exchanged, like, a word or two. And then you see a shot, like, the, the crucifix hanging on the wall. But now, now, even though we just saw it a few seconds ago, hang on the wall, it's clean, nothing there. But now, well, as soon as the marker runs, and now there's blood running, running out down. Of the, running out of the crucifix. Running down the crucifix it, and down the wall, which makes no sense because it's coming, like, well, it blood, tried it, to make it look like stigmata, I think. I don't know. It's really, I don't know. But it's coming down the wall. Part of the wall that would make no sense in fact where the blade of his knife was and where the blood should be coming from. It it just doesn't match up. But anyway, so now yeah, Mark sees the blood on the crucifix. And his Father Jenkins is like busted. Oh dang. So Yeah, uh so you get like a close up of Mark's eyes and like zooms in on Mark's eyes like oh da 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 and then it fades to black. Uh, fade in on Jansen sitting in a chair wearing a straight jacket in like an all white room, like an observation room. Yeah. While two doctors explain that his name is Daniel Graham or Graham, uh, even though in the beginning of the movie it says William, William Graham. Graham. So so now his name is changed, <laughs> which that's just shitty. How, who, who misses that? It's How so do you miss horrible. That? You change the name of the main killer in the movie. <sighs> oh. So, and a person, and they also say he's been personally a priest for the last two years, but in the opening it says three years later. So what's he been doing for that one year? Either, either that, or again, they just fucked up and forgot they said three years later at the very beginning. He could have been going to seminary school, like a fast track. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jansen's sitting in his chair, and he's like wiggling his head all weird. Talking trying nonsense. Trying to be crazy. And he says, I damned my soul by allowing these damn women to drain my precious voice. That's it. And he cuts back to the bloody crucifix on the wall. Roll credits. That's Splatter Universe. <sighs> now, we understand, like, before I get into uh, our closing segment, I just, I, I'm kind of confused because, again, we've talked about how illogical things are and how things don't match up. Now, Regards to the guy who's gone for two years or three years, first of all, I, I don't understand how an escape mental patient in that amount of time goes from crazy house to basically a dean of a university. Right? Like you can't even. It takes at least ten years to get tenure, and you're not going to go from off the street priest, quite literally off the street with priest. no no identification, yeah. no money. No, yeah. I mean, like I, I'll, I'll buy it. Being, maybe gone to become a priest. Okay, sure, I'll mm-hmm. give him that. Mm-hmm. But to go to a school and suddenly become like the a university, dean, a university, and be like the head guy in three years is ridiculous. There's no way that happens that amount of time. <laughs> it takes four years to graduate. College, <laughs> let alone be the boss in charge of the entire school. It, it's so it's just awful. I will say, give the credit, the script, some credit is the, the doctors just say, well, don't they, uh, have, don't they do background checks on these people? And the doctor's like, well, they will now. That's <laughs> <laughs> like the one way they covered it. Yeah. So, he, I mean, I guess back in the 80s, who knows, you could just could have walked up and be like, yes, I've been a dean of uh, multiple universities. The last place I was at, I did it for 20 years. So <laughs> don't call anyone there because they might not yeah. remember my name. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been a dean before. Yeah, so... It just bothers me. That, that's one of my biggest things that bothers me about this movie. All right. 
So we're moving on to Oznets. Not only did they watch these films, they researched them too. Ugh, what is wrong with these guys? Now, we start Oznets with the ratings. And IMDb gave it a 3 out of 10. Um, That's too high. Yeah, it... And Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think had one. Amazon, uh, I actually, I actually forgot what the Amazon ratings were. Well, or, you had to get it on Amazon only. I couldn't find it anywhere else to yeah, watch. I don't think this. Rotten Tomatoes even had a review for this. I couldn't find the only place I found this to watch is I looked on iTunes, I looked on Netflix, I looked on uh, Microsoft. Uh, you know, I looked on Google Play. Yeah, and it was only on Amazon. Yeah, that's know. that was the only place. Um, I found it as well. So I'm actually going to look up this real quick. I have my handy d- good old internet and Google. Handy dandy computer there. That your yeah. old internet machine. Your interwebs. Yeah. All right. So, okay. Amazon, it has basically a three out of five. Which again stars. is way too high. Yeah, that is really high for this movie. Uh, and so moving on, we're going to go into uh, plot keywords. I, there were some, didn't write a whole lot of them down. The only three that were even somewhat, you know, worthwhile were first day of school. Just being that <laughs> somebody looks that up for a, you know, I, as a plucky word is weird. Porn magazine and no survivors. Now, I've only wrote that one out because there were tons of survivors in right. this movie. All the guys survived. The only people murdered in this entire movie are girls. Right. Also, so Wolf, green guy in beard, the cheating <laughs> guy in the red shirt, Tony. They all live, and they're featured, you know, throughout the whole movie. So there's plenty of survivors. So that just doesn't fit. Did any women survive? Miss Bloom. Miss Bloom, but she, <laughs> but she technically she never came in. A, yeah. yeah. Uh, so not really. Um, all right. Moving on to trivia and like stuff I found in my uh, research of this movie is first of all Riley Forbes Riley. Uh, who played Juliet, she realized that there was no one checking continuity on this movie. <laughs> so she made an effort to write down what wardrobes were being wore, worn in which scenes to ensure that the movie, at least for her character, it was consistent. Well, guess what? She should have probably gone a little bit easy on that. She must have been, she might have a type A personality. It's like, no, you have to wear green this entire movie. <laughs> Holy cow. Those kids never change. They must smell like death. Yeah, like Julie and I think Mark, or like, and maybe Susan, are like the only kids or characters that really ever change. Right. I think Denise, the redhead, you see her changing into the spandex at the end right before she dies. But other than that, Pretty much everybody else is wearing the same exact out of the same movie. stuff. So, uh, yeah, and here we talk about this at the beginning. The original version of the movie was shot. It was shot in 1981, and it wasn't released until 84, and it clocked in at 65 minutes. So all the scenes, additional scenes with the students, were filmed in 1982 to pad out the running time. So that's why you get so much filler and so much scenes of nothing happening. Just, just ridiculousness. Yeah. So that's an 82. So and it still took another two years for this thing to get released. Um, actress Elizabeth uh, Caton was she was featured on the original poster art for this movie, but she didn't appear in the movie at all. <laughs> that's rare. Normally, the people on the poster are your people in the movie. So the one post, would think yes. the poster girl didn't make the movie. Now uh, Elizabeth Caitlin, just for anybody, she actually did things like she was in Twins with the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, which. Ooh. Spoiler: That may be part, probably featured on this show come uh, the holiday season, and Friday Thirteenth Part Seven: The New Blood. Huh. So she's, that's that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that was one of my favorite ones too. It's ridiculous because she's like basically a female Professor X fighting Jason. Love that shit. <laughs> so the Hollowbrook Drive-in in the Peaks in Peekskill, New York, was the was featured for that. So drive-in that was uh, shot at, and. Splatter University later wound up being screened there before the theater was later demolished. So huh. they actually went back and did a screen of this movie at the drive-in. Um, I wonder if they have those hats that say buy a ticket or, or <laughs> shove it. Shove it. <laughs> um, I already mentioned the actor who pl- hired to play Perkins didn't show up and the director stepped in. Um, the school scenes were actually shot at Mercy College in Dobbs Ferry, New York during spring break. Uh, the filmmakers were originally told they had two weeks to shoot at Mercy College. But the school 
cut their time by a week. So many members of the crew wound up sleeping in the classrooms to ensure the film was finished. And when students returned to school, they were alarmed to find crew members cleaning up fake blood. I feel bad for those saps. They sat there and sacrificed a whole week sleeping on the job to make sure that this shit pile of a movie got finished. Yep. I feel kind of bad for them. So much dedication to such garbage. Yeah. And the opening scene in the asylum was shot at the recently, then recently closed psychiatric ward at Bellevue Hospital in New York. And... Really, the only other thing to note was Forbes Riley bought her own wardrobe for this film, which is sad. I mean, she uh, didn't invest that much money, like a whole wardrobe for this film. Oh, um, that's so, dedication. So she not only did she buy her own stuff, she did the continuity as well for. Yeah, so she, man, she wore a couple different hats in this. Yeah, uh, pretty much exactly it. Uh, let's see anything else. I don't really think there's. Uh, yeah, no, nothing else that's really worth much that we haven't covered already. So let's go into the budget game. Okay. Yes, the budget. They spent how much? The budget game. Oh. We, I did manage, after a lot of digging, was able to find a budget, an estimated budget for this film. So with that said, Aaron... What's your guess? Okay, this movie was a shit pile. Uh, the sets were, I mean, you, you told me it was a school that was closed. They probably got some free use of the school or super-duper cheap. Um, the mental institution was closed. They did, I don't know. Uh, they had to buy their own stuff. People slept on the job. It sounds like it was a true heart dedication. I'm going to guess... 50, no, let's say, because I always go too high, 38 and a half grand. How about that? $38,500. Well, you actually did not overshoot this time. Holy shit. You actually shit. came in under budget. The estimated budget is $50,000. That's what I originally said. I was like, <laughs> probably 50, but I think I'm going to go under a little bit. The sad bit. thing is, if you would have said 50, I would have caught bullshit. I was like, you probably just saw my notes right here. Jesus <laughs> Christ. So yeah, 50,000 was, that, that might be your best guess so far. I think that's the closest I've ever gotten. Yep. Um, before we move on. Holy to- <laughs> crap. I'm kind of proud of myself. Let's just take a moment. Take a moment. <laughs> Not bad. Not, Not too bad. bad. Not too bad. All right, before I go on to five tragedies, let's do um, favorite kill. There can be only one favorite kill. So there were some kills. There were a decent amount, but nothing. But the sad thing is it's kind of hard to do favorite kills for this movie because so many of the kills are pretty much the same, just right. throat slashes and getting stabbed. Um, so if you had to pick just one, what would be your pick for favorite kill in this movie? Uh, my favorite kill would be the lady in the bathroom uh, when she was coming out. I kind of thought it was kind of funny when she's doing graffiti on the wall and she gets up and she gets stabbed in the stomach and it's bloody there. And then she just spits out a it's ton so of mouth blood. Much mouth blood. So much mouth blood. I was just like, <laughs> I, I just giggled hysterically from that. I'm just like, oh, look at all that mouth blood. That's great. And then the way she crumpled between the toilet and the wall and had kept her eyes open. It was, she did it. She sold it. She sold it. So that would be my favorite death. All right. Um, if I toyed between. The redhead getting stabbed in the mouth mid-scream, which was just, that's just good aim. <laughs> but I'm actually going with the very first death of the movie, the orderly who gets stabbed yes. in the dick. Yes. Just because that's so, that's the way it opens. That's that's your invitation to I know the movie. He, technically his kill is he gets his throat, but he, everybody else gets stabbed, stabbed, throat slashed. This guy gets stabbed in the dick. Right and off. And then gets his throat slashed. That's just double bad. Insult to injury. Yeah, so I'm going with the the very first kill of the movie. It's a good one. The orderly. It's a good one. Uh, getting ready to wrap this up. Moving on to our final segment. Five star reviews. Ugh. These special movies have a place in these special people's hearts. Five star reviews. Uh, I want to stab people in the mouth who gave this a five star review. There actually were. I found three five star reviews for this movie. Uh, Vicky Phelps writes, "This is a great." Uh, great movie. Okay, I, I, yeah, 
some of these are hard to read because of grammar and no punctuation. So this was a great movie. Have looked for this for a long time. Was very excited to find this very good. Five stars. <laughs> uh, Marvin Horn writes, this was a great remaster from the early trauma film. Seen this way back in the day. Cool Lil, low budget slasher and a good story. For the fans of Dead Dudes in the House or Class of Newcomb High. What? Or even Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Five stars. No. Yep. This is not a trauma film, by the way. This has nothing to do with trauma. And those movies he listed were good, campy, like, 80s slasher movies. Yeah, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, I, I will fight you on that. Those are awful. But well, Sleepaway Camp awesome. 1. Awesome. Sleepaway Camp 1 is classically bad, and that's, that's famous. No, I like 2 and 3 as well. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Whoever that guy is, he, Marvin Horn. Yeah, Marvin. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and last one from Meg Megalina Moore simply puts, "Love it." Five stars. Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for uh, uh would Aaron, would you recommend somebody going out and actually seeing this movie? No. No, no, I'm going to go on no, uh, the deaths, you know, it's funny because the special effects weren't horrible, horrible, because I mean, they had decent blood and stuff like that, but all the filler and weird crap and poor writing, I, I, it's, it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I skip it. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this movie is, there's a reason it's hard to find. That's a very good point. I, this is only, yeah, I totally agree. Skip this movie. Uh, there's a lot of better um, ones out there, especially, you know, even better school-related ones that we are looking through and we're doing for our back-to-school month. So pass on this one. Both of us say it. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Remember, follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow us, our, check out our website, horriblehorrorpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at so bad it's scary. You can also download and listen to us on Podbean. And, of course, the end-all, be-all, iTunes, subscribe, like us. It's totally free. Check us out on iTunes, yeah. Um, Till then, we'll be back next week with a new episode. Uh, We'll be part four of our back-to-school month-long special. So I'm Marshall Hampton. I'm Aaron Southworth. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in a week. Hugs and kisses. Mwah.